Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for the award-winning seating, They always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi and welcome to another special edition episode this time of the Snugcast. I'm your host DJ Walsh, as ever joined by Owen Tab, and we're on a trip to Liverpool this weekend to watch the Mighty Reds play and win. Got a 2-0 will against Fulham. Any of you that have listened to our uh, previous podcast, the last one we did there, uh, we had a, a nice chat with a few Liverpoolians yesterday and uh, went to the match, they won the, they won the game and we've got a very special guest here today. Uh, head of content for the fans agency is a... Uh, his current job title also contributor and co-founder of the Anfield Rap Podcast my personal favourite podcast and one that uh, I barely go a day without shut up will you leave it alone you can't, can't, can't blow our own trumpet that much like <laughs> our podcast is bad too well sure like if they're listening they'll fucking know that <laughs> yeah I do all the fucking graft but uh, joined here today by Gareth Roberts Garrett delighted to have you in the Snowcast you're very welcome yeah, thanks for having me on, lads. Uh, I'm in hotels here, uh, just down the road from Anfield, enjoying a pint of Guinness. Um, you're obviously going to have a lot of Irish listeners, and I know what you are all like about your Guinness. This is a decent pint of Guinness here, I think. I mean, you know, some of them are shit, obviously. Like, some places don't keep it well and all that, but hotels here, if you come on the match, and yeah. Anfield Road, come down and have a pint. And you were telling us before uh, we started recording that you spend a lot of time uh, in Galway and you've been to a few old man pubs. So obviously you've been to a few old man pubs, you've had some lovely pints of Guinness in your day, so you've got a good reference point there. It's not just English Guinness you've been drinking. Yeah, exactly. Uh, being over to Ireland lots and lots, the West Coast, Connemara, Clifton, that kind of way, Cleggan. Um, so I've had lots and lots of proper Irish Guinness. Uh, there is a difference, obviously. It is better in Ireland. It always helps if it's wild and windy outside and there's a tear fire on the go and you've got a, you've got a pint of Guinness in your hand. But, uh, but, you know, over here, there's a few places that, 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 that keep it all right, that do well. And, and I'd say Hotel Tea is one of them. That's enough plugs for Hotel Tea. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it, is, it is a wonderful spot, to be fair. It's 
podcast is sponsored by Hilton. <laughs> <laughs> that would be all right, wouldn't it? Um, we've actually had a fucking brilliant day at the match. And uh, as you said, we're here with Garrett, who uh, was a co-founder of the Anfield Rap. And us being a podcast in our infancy, starting out, this is going to be episode 15, I think. So, like, we're not, we're, we're bringing out episode a week. We're only a couple of months in. Um, Garrett, can you just tell the listeners a small bit about the journey of the Anfield Rap going from, you guys were doing your full day jobs in 2011 when you started off um, and tipped away and now it's a, a full-time operation employing several people um, you know contributing to the economy of Liverpool really which is a fantastic thing yeah I mean the, the journey's been fantastic and it's been it's been great there's been ups and downs there's been things that haven't worked and I think a lot of people will look from the outside and maybe say oh yeah it's always been like a, a smooth upwards trajectory for the Anfield app and you've done really well uh, it hasn't quite been like that um, you know, people who were initially involved have left. There's been a turnover at times of people who do the stuff, but it's been a regular cast as well. And you know, I'm one of them. I've been involved from the start, from 2011. Um, the idea came about. Uh, I was editing a, a magazine called uh, Well Read back in the day, a, a fanzine that I created with a, with a friend I used to work with, um, and. Obviously, we were really pissed off at the time about the way Hicks and Gillette were running Liverpool Football Club. We felt that a lot of the mainstream media weren't covering it in the way that they should be. They didn't really tell the story. They didn't tell the story of what was going on behind the scenes. Uh, they didn't, didn't tell the story of, of sort of the crisis that Liverpool were in and, and, and the financial perils that these two dickheads were putting Liverpool in, really. And, and I, I think it was left to the fans a lot to tell that story. And that was one of the prime motivations for me starting that fanzine at the time Um, I had a little bit of a dabble with podcasts as well around the same time uh, just over Skype Uh, they were largely shit I've got to say Um, and I like this one. This one is good. Like that's the infancy of podcasting then, 2011. Yeah. Like you know, it was in like when, or like it was Apple who kind of created the whole podcasting and like it was like very much so. Like podcasting, like now in the last two or three years, it's only really got their like really after exploding. Yeah. Like you know, so yeah. Like how how, how did you kind of like? Go on to the podcast media, so, like at that time, like. So what? So what happened was, because uh, I was writing and, and covering the sort of Hicks and Gillette stuff, if you like, uh, out of the blue one day, I, I got a message from Andy Heaton, uh, who's obviously involved with the Anfield app, and is, he's, in, he's in here somewhere actually, yeah. Um, and so we went for a pint. He told me some bits and bobs about the owners and about what was going to happen with the club, again about the financial situation and stuff like that. And while we were talking. He was saying, I've had this idea of doing a podcast. And I said, well, I'm, that's funny because like, I'm, I'm already having a bit of a go at one. It's not very good. And I said, it kind of feels like there's a bit of a space for Liverpool fans to do one, but it'd be out of Liverpool and it'd be done professionally. That was our big thing from the start, really, that we wanted to get in a studio, hire a space, pay the money and do it properly. And so that's what we did. And we, we, we thought of the name, we got it out there and, and we started recording podcasts in um, Park Street Studios in Liverpool where various famous bands and Coldplay have... Uh, have <laughs> 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 I've recorded their album. So yeah, we used to get a space in there once a week. We were, we were obviously paying out for that space and we put it out there, put the podcast out there. Um, but what we did as well, we backed that up by having a good website and we worked hard on that website. And what we did was... We, we knew we were launched in August 2011, so over the summer we built up a body of work, we got loads and loads of people to write about Liverpool, people with influence, people that people knew, and then it was all there on the site, design, looked great, great look and feel about the website, and we just went bang, fuck off, there you go, have a look at that world, 
and we put it out there alongside a podcast and straight away the feedback was brilliant from day one yeah. uh, people loved the podcast and so to, to give you an idea of how much it boomed really from, from day one we launched it August 2011 by March 2012 Radio City in Liverpool offered us a radio show which was absolutely mad and we were like you know none of us have done radio and like Steve Hoddersall who still runs Radio City to this day was like that doesn't matter we've heard the show we like the show and we just want you to replicate that once a week on Radio City just don't swear yeah um, and, and it was like okay we'll have a go Steve and, uh, <laughs> no and, promises on the swearing yeah, we and fucking it, will <laughs> and it's still going it, you know all these years on we've still got that radio show uh, obviously the Anfield app itself has actually you know, has morphed as time has gone on so we had a bit of a go at a digital magazine uh, for the iPad and it looked great, it felt great, it had embedded audio in it, it had video in it, we were doing live shows which were embedded into the magazine as well, it was really ambitious, we spent a lot of money on it and we were really proud of what we achieved with it, it just didn't it, it didn't even wash its face though in terms of finances, we thought we'd get a lot of advertisers on board, people weren't really interested and it, and it was top of the charts and things like that and when you went on iTunes for, for that type of thing but it, we just couldn't make it work business wise really then there was a few little fallouts there was a few little arguments and we sort of got to a point where we I remember we all had a big meeting around the table one day and just said okay should we just let bygones be, be bygones and, and look for another stage of the Anfield rap now and that's what we did really and we decided okay like people were getting burnt out, me included, in, in trying to do the Anfield app on top of a day job and, yeah. it, and it not really making any money for, for, for individuals. So we said, OK, what about if we launch a subscription product that people can subscribe to, £5 a month, to get all these podcasts for it? And if that works, it could potentially sustain full-time jobs for us all. We had no idea if it would work. There was no model to follow. No one had already done it. You know, we had to figure it all out as we went along. Fortunately for us, when we, you know, we pressed go on it after all the, the work behind the scenes to make that happen. I mean, what we did actually, we did a free month first. So all of a sudden, the people who were listening to our free podcasts were getting bombarded with loads of podcasts uh, and all different ones. You know, ones about history, ones about certain players. You know, AFQ, which if anyone's listened to that, will know it's just absolutely madness. It's just answering questions off Twitter that anyone can ask. Uh, we, but it, we actually replicate that sometimes. It, it, it works, yeah, it's it, it, it works, it works, and like especially if you've got a drink in your hand. Um, and and so what happened was people came with us, and when we finally put the paywall up a month later and said, okay, go, let's see if anyone subscribed. They did, thankfully, from day one, and so we knew then we were on to something. And here we are, 2018. We've got an office and, a, and our own studio in the centre of Liverpool, right on Pierhead, uh, right by the River Mersey. It's fantastic. We've got uh, 11 full-time staff. Uh, we've got 90-odd contributors uh, who, who, who regularly come on all the shows. And yet, I, I don't see anyone else doing it, really, sort of around the about making, making it into a business, making it into a successful business. And as you said before, what's been brilliant for us is that we are actually contributing to the Liverpool economy. We've been able to give some young lads jobs. We've seen them develop as well. I mean, you know, one lad came in as an apprentice, is now full-time. Another lad came in straight from university, Josh, 
and I think I think he won't mind me saying when he first came in he was quite shy, uh, quite introverted. Now he's like you know he's he's hosting his own shows. Oh, yeah. He's high edits the team talking. <laughs> yeah. I'm Josh Sexton. He's got a great sense of humour. He's doing great, and hopefully you know it'll, the Anfield Apple will be a basis for him to go on and have a, a great career in journalism. If not with the Anfield Apple, if, if, you know with someone else. And you know there's an enormous amount of pride for all of us who've been involved. That that's yeah. that's Gl- the way it's turned out. Glenn Price for ESPN. That's right. I mean with with Glenn. Uh, I spotted a piece he'd written for 442 about Jürgen Klopp and what I liked about it was he'd actually dug out people that had worked with him in Germany he hadn't just sort of written an opinion piece which anyone can do if you like he'd gone and done the graft got, got some interesting stuff and it was a good read and I remember I just posted it up to the Anfield Apps Facebook page and just said this is a fantastic read I didn't know who Glenn was and he he, he had the, the, the thoughts if you like the awareness to message me and say that was me that and I said, oh, right, brilliant. I said, great piece, mate. And he went to, he said, like, any chance of some work experience and not doing anything? I said, oh, yeah, absolutely, come in. So, we, again, he was quite a shy lad at first, but we put him on shows, we got him writing for us regularly. And then next minute, he's working for the club, now he's working for ESPN. And, you know, Glenn's a top lad, and it's been great, yeah, great he, to see him go on. He was on a live show in Dublin, actually. He was yeah, really good on yeah. that. I really enjoyed it. Um, no, that's fantastic. Like, Danfield Rap, I, I obviously subscribe and uh, happy to pay the fiver a month because it's fucking such good value for money like 40 odd podcasts a month and then you've got all the free like I, I literally can't consume all the all the media put out there like for my five I get more than what um, what I what I can actually physically listen to well, we never thought you know that people would literally consume every bit of content that we put yeah. out so we, we're doing all the podcasts that you mentioned we've got a YouTube channel now and put, putting out lots of shows like a post-match pint show a preview show a second look show we do a daily thing in, in weekdays um Talking Reds, really where, yeah. where we have a, a quick sort of 20 minute chat about what's going on in the world of Liverpool. All of those things have done really well, but what's mad is we still get people saying to us, like, I want more, I've listened to them all, I've watched them all, and it's like, we were like, Do you have a life? <laughs> <laughs> but, but that was never our thought. Our thought was, we offer you choice, we offer you different types of content in different ways, and you pick and choose what you yeah. like. You know, I remember Neil sort of using the analogy of, you know, you get the little sort of mini cereal packets, and like, you get six of them, and you know, you, you try. It, it was a bit of cocoa pops, a bit of Rice Krispies. Yeah, it, it was that kind of thing, and we never expect people to consume all of it and like all of it but there's plenty of people that do do that and you know fortunately for us like the the numbers have kept on going up and up being able to as I say turn into business we do live shows now we follow Liverpool when they go abroad in the summer and we've got to meet lots and lots of people all around the world and yeah it's been a fantastic experience and you know it's one of them where I think you've got to pinch yourself sometimes and say wow we built that yeah that's brilliant like um, and obviously you're from Liverpool I'm Irish Liverpool fan I first started coming to the match with my uncle actually Noel who, who was bringing me over when I was just a kid um, so I think my first game was Chelsea at home in 97 I remember coming over to that and like the ground the way it was the city the way it was then like Liverpool as a city had gone through basically 20 years of managed decline politically at that point and like with all respect to it there's some fantastic buildings there but they weren't kept the city was probably a bit of an eyesore at that time it's, it's a harsh thing to say about a wonderful city with wonderful people but it was um, subsequently now coming to the match like we've we've stayed in a hotel in town and it's just such a vibrant brilliant place I imagine it's a superb place to live it probably still was in the 90s but it was just a, you know through a different uh, perspective um, how do you feel Liverpool as a city has changed in the 20 years of say I've been 21 years since I went to my first match how do you feel Liverpool has developed 
Yeah, it's it's changed immeasurably. There's no there's no uh, there's no doubt about that now. It is now a huge student city as well, and uh, buildings are going up all the time to accommodate those students. They obviously bring um, lots to the economy. The economy it's mu- it's much more diverse than it once was as well. It's still a very white city. I'm not going to lie to you, um, and, and there's still a, you know a lot of sort of ethnic minorities are living in in certain pockets in certain parts of the city and. You know, Liverpool still does need to improve in that on that score for me, particularly when you get out into the sticks. I mean, I'm originally from Heighton, and um, you know, growing up in Heighton, there was literally one black lad in my school, yeah. and, and and that's the way it was. Um, it, it has changed, it has moved on, and it's become more multicultural, which is a good thing. Certainly, as you say now, it's a destination much more for tourists. I mean, the Albert Dock once upon a time was was derelict buildings and a, a muddy horrible place that was boarded up and you couldn't really have a look at um, as uh, Robbie Fowler alluded to with his famous fist but you, but, you know but now it's you know it's fantastic you go down the front of Liverpool has made something of itself I mean you mentioned the buildings before and I can remember growing up that, that they were all covered in grime they were dirty they were horrible and, and even that you know Liverpool has, has got a bit of pride in itself these days you know the buildings look good the lit up at night you know small things like that make a difference where, where, where for me that it remains a little bit of a shame is while the city centre is amazing it is a destination for tourists there is a lot of you know trade around the football matches and stuff like that which is all brilliant for Liverpool I still think it needs to go go out a little bit more as well I don't, I don't think you have to travel far um, to find poverty again and that's a, that, that for me is the shame that that for me is where there still needs to be work you know Edgehill, Toxteth into Height and into Kirby stuff like that there's still people there living in, in very harsh conditions you know you've got every time you come to the match now there's appeals for you know the food bank and, and it's been fantastic to see fans support that in the way that they have but at the same time you know to be in 2018 and people not be able to afford to put food on the table for, for their family you know, there's something going wrong there, isn't there? And and it, and it shouldn't be down to football fans to help to put that right. But unfortunately, that's where we are. It's it's it, listen. We that's not it's just to Liverpool as well. Like Ireland is oh, very yeah. very similar. Like yeah. we have um, we have serious homeless crisis at the moment in Ireland. Yeah. And like homelessness is very much a Liverpool problem as well. Like you see it walking around the city. Yeah. Um, I think there's big onus on politicians to kind of can be responsible for it. Like even even. I, we haven't we haven't given Gareth any idea to what we're talking about, so we're kind of <laughs> winging it a little bit and putting him on the spot. But like, I'll, I'll give you a scenario. Like, you know, obviously it's it's you're you're worried about Liverpool in your area, but to put it in, in context, Ireland then as well. Um, our the, our Taoiseach, the version of our Prime Minister, made a statement during the week to say that hospital staff shouldn't get any um, Christmas leave this year. Yet our politicians are off from December nineteenth to January nineteenth. Like it just goes to show that the, the upper class um, system is still uh, rampant. Even if the gentry are gone, even if um, the significance of the royals could debatably be um, less significant now, there's definitely still an upper class, a, a ruling class. And do you know what? There changes. People are trying to change it, but it's so hard to change. And, um, my my view on Liverpool coming to it is there are still problems. You can still see there are problems, but those problems aren't unique to Liverpool. Liverpool has. De- developed a lot and, and I think a lot of it is through EU funding as well which yeah I mean you know I, I, I again I mentioned that I grew up in Heighton and I can remember really well you know the logo of the EU signs being up around in and around Heighton saying you know this was this was funded by EU money so you know to me to me like that you know it's been a good thing for Liverpool it's been a good thing for Heighton where I'm from 
And so, you know, to now sort of turn our back on it and say, no, you know, we, we, we want to leave it now and we want to sort of become insular, if you like, and, and cut ourselves off from Europe. I don't really understand it, never have. Um, obviously, I voted um, against the idea of leaving. And I still think it's an awful shame and I think it's an absolute mess and you look, look at the way it's being dealt with. It, it's, it's forever on the news agenda because no one seemingly knows what to do or how to make it work. No, I, 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 no. And obviously there's the Irish aspect with that as well. And it, it's just a complete and utter mess and I think, I think lots and lots of people voted for it, including my own family, by the way, for the wrong reasons. Yeah. You know, they thought they were voting for it for a certain reason. You know, they've seen the stuff about the NHS and things like that, that the old battle bus, which was, you know, pretty much bollocks. Um, but, but I, I mean, I, I fell out with some of my own family over it, like I say. I mean, I remember talking to them, and it, it, it was along the lines of people coming over here, taking our jobs. And I'm like, I remember saying to me, my dad was one of them, and I remember my, dad, my dad's very ill at the moment, and has been for a, for a bit. And I, like, I won't say he's not going to listen to this podcast, so it'll be all right. Are you sure? But, but my dad is literally being treated by the NHS at yeah. this time, and like, and it's like, Dad, there's a skills shortage, so we needed those people coming over yeah, here taking absolutely. those jobs. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, I, like, it's a fascinating thing. Even the impact Brexit has had on Irish businesses. Like, I come, like, I come from an agricultural background, and I actually know a mushroom farmer who has been in has had massive. Um, you would. I don't you would not not want to. Not them kind of mushrooms, Jesus Christ. Shut up, will you? Any chance your lawyers to listen to this before it reads it? But anyway, shroomy as we call them. <laughs> but basically, a lot of his exports are to the UK. And because the, the impact Brexit had on the price of sterling, a lot of his... Um, a lot, of, a lot of businesses that buy mushrooms off and pay in sterling so all of a sudden when he was converting that into euros for a long while because he was receiving sterling it wasn't the same value that he would have got the year before and then there's so there's Irish businesses suffering an awful lot and just that political uncertainty fucks economics like I suppose for the Anfield rap it's um, you know a local business very much dependent on local e- e- economics and like but that being said it's actually now at this stage it's made my subscription time feel up a little bit cheaper even yeah. do you know what I mean yeah. so it costs me less you're getting the same money every month but it's costing me less and it's just it's had such a negative impact all around I, I think it's mad and like you know um, it, it's very interesting to get someone a part business owner in, uh, in um, Liverpool because Liverpool you know and England have a very um should I say tempered relationship like how, how do I say this politically correct because we're going to get sued already by mushroom farmers around Ireland um, it's, just a, it's just a really interesting take like our re- I was looking forward to asking that question because like you know I, I know you two talk, you talking about football on a podcast I listen to but you know you guys don't just talk about football like your live shows are fascinating Neil, go, Neil goes on these really good rants about respecting women and stuff like that like um, at the start of the show so you know you have more to say than just talk about football because ultimately like football is uh, in my eyes football like the thing that German fans say f- football without fans is nothing it couldn't be truer yeah. and then football is ultimately a reflection of the working class but maybe less so today but that's how that's how it became popular sport it's a reflection of the city isn't it and I, I think I think that's why like we've taken to Jurgen Klopp for instance because you know he wants his teams to fight and to battle and to you know not sort of bow down to anyone to give everyone a game to get stuck in to not be scared and I think all those are very much like sort of Liverpool attributes that you know, people will tell us constantly that we can't do things, and people from Liverpool will go, "Oh, fuck that! I'll, I'll have a go anyway." Uh, if, if you used to tell me that I can't do it, 
And like, you know, there is there is a thing obviously still to this day where if you go to certain parts of the country, you know, you'll get all the stereotypes about scousers. I mean, what the fuck? Like, who robs a fucking hubcap? And what is a hubcap? <laughs> and why why do people call it a hubcap as well? I mean, what the fuck is that? Like, I've never robbed a hubcap. And, and please stop saying scousers rob hubcaps. I don't know what the fuck you are all talking about, but we don't rob them. Uh, but, but it's that kind of thing. It's the, 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 that, that we're thieving, that we're dishonest, that we're this, with that. And that we've got a chip on our shoulder, and that, that, that's the one that always annoys me most, that, that we've got a chip on our shoulder, and it's like, well, wouldn't you have a chip on your shoulder mm. if when you went to other parts of the country, people said things like that about you? Because, you know, I went to, I went to university in Sheffield, which is only 70 miles away, but, you know, uni- the University of Sheffield's a, a, a red brick. There's some posh people that go to it. And, and, you know, from the very moment I arrived in that city, I got stick off people. Yeah. You know, like, what are you doing here? How could I possibly be at the same university as someone like you? Literally had that said to me. And it was like, because I'm just a human being, and so are you. And uh, I've grafted for me A-levels, and so have you. I, and I deserve to be here, and so do you. Um, you know, it makes no difference what city I'm from or what area I'm from, but the, the, there are people that sort of carry those stereotypes around. And as you said before, like, a lot of people I've gone, have you gone there? Have you been to Liverpool? Have you had a day out there? Maybe you should, maybe you should do. And like, there's been one or two that have done it, and then they come back to me years later and gone, it's good that. Sound, yeah. <laughs> and it was like, uh, well, funny that, what did you expect? I mean, I, I remember a lad from university coming to Heighton, and like, I took him to my local in Heighton, which at the time was the Stanley Arms, and he was like, uh, oh, it's, it's all right in here. And I'm like, well, what did you expect? Like, did you think it was just going to be like full of savages Fun, or something? Yeah. Really <laughs> and if you want that, go to call me. <laughs> <laughs> But it, it, like, it, it's a shame that so, so, people, so many people are, are prepared to judge on, on shit like that. And like, as, as I've got older, I've just I've tried to do it less and less. I mean, like, you know, I've a, I still have a laugh now and have a go at people from Manchester, obviously. But at the same time, I've worked there. But, but I've worked there for over ten years, and I'm, I'm currently finding myself working there again. Um, and, and it's like. I've, I've actually got no problem with it and actually do you know what it's a very different city to Liverpool it's a much bigger city it's much more cosmopolitan than Liverpool as I mentioned before um, and like you know places like the, the Curry Mile in Russia and things like that fantastic get yourself down there yeah, it's great, absolutely actually, brilliant yeah. and like if you can go on something like like when they're celebrating the Eid or something like that it's absolutely brilliant honestly um, I have, actually in Manchester have they ever stopped working on it like every single time oh, there's fucking trains everywhere yeah. train, tram lines they like literally just I don't know I like and I've like I've been going there for years like they don't stop it, building they just don't stop building like there's always construction going on like. they won't have to put up a Donald Trump style wall when by the time we reach Liverpool <laughs> <laughs> keep them out um, but that's it like, like a lot of what you talked about there the values of Liverpool and stuff like that like is reflected in Irish society as well and I just wanted to ask you like you know obviously Liverpool have a long history of like you know, the, the best Liverpool teams always had like strong Irish and Scottish influences yeah. as well as Scouts and there's always been a huge support for um, Liverpool from Ireland and I, like, I've been coming over for 20 years I absolutely love the place um, I actually said to my missus when I was leaving the other day I was like oh look can't wait to go home for the weekend <laughs> Liverpool isn't your fucking home like. <laughs> but like what like you guys seem to embrace the Irish like I've never got shit off a Scouts River no. No, love Ireland, love Scotland. Uh, spend plenty of time in both places. Would love to spend more. And yeah, I, th- I think that there is a there is a camaraderie there. There is a sort of similar values. I mean, you know, we were fortunate enough at the Anfield app to interview Andy Robertson. Uh, obviously, the the brilliant left back for Liverpool for Liverpool Football Club. Yeah. 
But he's got, I mean, you know, he, he's donated to the food banks, he's helped the food banks. He's got he's he's grown up with the same values that I've grown up with. And like, yeah. you know, what, what one of the questions I asked him when 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 I interviewed him, I said, like, do, do you think the way you've been brought up and the way you are as a person, the way your family are as people, the way your friends are as people, the way Glasgow is as a city, yeah. do you think that's reflected in the way you play football? And he went, yeah, of course it is. He went, because I'll fight forever and I'll keep on going. I mean, there's a moment there today where the ball's trickling out of play and, and he runs after, he's the only one who chases it down, he keeps it in, he crosses the ball, He win, it, it ends up being a throw-in for Liverpool it could have ended up being more. But it, it's that never say die spirit. I mean, it, there, there was a moment uh, last season against Manchester City where he chased the ball down for the, the whole length yeah. of the pitch, and it ultimately it ended up with him fouling someone. But which but, was harsh enough as well. I know, actually. yeah. But the whole of Anfield got up. I was like, yes, because it was like, yeah, that's what you want to see. That's what you want to see. Like. I mean, you know, these footballers obviously come and play for Liverpool from all over the world, but we want them to embrace what this yeah. city is about, what our spirit's about, and I think Scots get that. The Irish get that, and I think you know there's plenty of Scots and Irish like live here as well. You know the the, the fact that Liverpool has been a port and a talk and still is just means that you've got a real sort of mishmash of cultures, and that's why we all speak with this mad accent as well. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I think we can all we can all see it in each other, can't we? You, you, you recognise it. I mean, and it's it's not just it's not just those cultures either. I mean, over the summer. For the Anfield app, I went. I went to every Premier League ground and, and, and interviewed fans of every single club, and, and, and we're, dri- we're dripping out that content as part of our preview shows on the video channel on YouTube. And I really, really enjoyed when I went to Newcastle. I've been to Newcastle before, obviously. Yeah, Newcastle's a great town. But yeah. it's just again, it's the spirit of the place. It's the, it's what the people are like. It's the it's the never say die aspect. It's the fuck you will do it anyway type yeah. of thing Newcastle's got that Liverpool's got that Ireland's got that Scotland's got that and you know long may it continue absolutely um, it was funny actually when talking about Andy Robertson we were walking out the ground together coming here to Hotel Tia there's another plug lads um, to, to, <laughs> to meet you for a pint and um, I literally said to Owen on the way like we've got in that team we've got three lads to start with Brazil we've got the Premier League player of the year from last season Mo Salah who's adored by billions We've got um, local lad Trent. Uh, we've got England international Joe Gomez. Virgil van Dijk is the most expensive defender in the world, and the whole ground was fucking absolutely roaring the name of a Scottish lad from Glasgow who we bought for eight million from relegated Hull at the end of the match because you know what? The way he's playing, the one he is the best fucking left back in the world, and and like. You know, a lot of the Anfield Raps coverage lately has been about you know how Liverpool have maybe stuttered a bit and varying views on that, which again is a great reason to listen to Anfield Rap if you're a Liverpool fan because there are other voices and other opinions. You don't just all throw the company line. Um, and I think like the guy's been playing in a team that hasn't been firing our fluid like it was last year, and he still stands out every week. Like, but it's like that. It's like when all the skill and stuff is. Um, all the, all the flair players when it's not coming off for them he's still grafting he's still getting the job done Like, and, and his background is reflective of his performances that's spot on and that's, I think that's that's why I have such a hard time watching United at the moment like there's just like the, there's not that passion like in a lot of the players at the moment like you know and like you know you, were, you mentioned Gareth Memphis and uh, Roy Keane as you know uh, one of your favourite all time players so I just want to get that out he there did, he didn't say that <laughs> I never said he that he didn't say that I said, I've got, a, I said I've got a bit of a soft uh, soft for him he said he was better than Gerrard you just liked him <laughs> you, you just liked him because he was an Arab that's all yeah exactly I liked him because he was angry but no it's 
it's that passion, like you know, that like you could like if you were fucking yeah. running for the ball, like hitting hard tackles, you know, like go, going in is, on lads, like yeah. you know, and like you know, you're not you're not trying to you know, oh my oh mind myself because oh, yeah. I mightn't play a game now, like I mightn't get me. But, but again, that's like, that's his background because he, he grew up in Mayfield, Mayfield which is working class Cork, like it's, 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 it's a very tough area in Cork, um, and like he grew up there, but like again, even to reflect that, like. The Irish culture and Scouse culture being similar, like I know Garrett from listening to podcasts, you're big into your hurling. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, and like what a sport. So, so like I, I play hurling and it's a fantastic sport. Like um, obviously the hurling season's over. I've made beer gut now. Like but um, completely amateur, completely amateur. Like everyone works full day jobs and and like like I don't play at the top level. Obviously I don't play in the county, but I, even at the club level, like we train three nights a week, play a match at the weekend. It's a slog, like then trying to do a podcast on top of it as well, a drinking <laughs> podcast at that. But you, you've, I like, I remember listening to one of the Anfield last day of Q's, and one of the questions was, "What's the one sport and event in the world you'd like to attend live?" And your answer was the All Ireland oh, hurling final. final. Yeah. So we'll try and box that off. Oh, next year. No promises, but we'll do our best. Like, but um, yeah, like what, like hurling for me is like the, the, the epitome of Irish culture. It's bravery, it's um, amateurism, hard work. It's 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 parochial because basically you play with your local parish. Um, like what 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 has impressed you the most about hurling? All of that, what you've said, the, the fact that, that that it's amateurs absolutely mad. And when you see like the, when you see the All Ireland final, you know it's matching it's matching a, a final at Wembley for the footy or, or whatever. Eighty two thousand, yeah. And, it, and it's just it look, everyone's so passionate about it. I love the way it goes off quite regularly and it turns into a fight. I'm banging to watching that. Yeah. Um, you, that's why you need to go to a game because at the ground, like you see an awful lot more of that off the ball. And like those, those, the lads in goal, Jesus fucking Christ, they they they're brave people. Them, I mean, the, one of the games I watched recently, like the the, the lads full on hit it in his midriff, and he said, you know, he saved it. But I was like, he gets it, up and does. He's yeah, not rolling he's around. Like, it's like something you see that sometimes with uh, footy players, like you know, they, they, they get a little nick and they're rolling for five minutes. And like, oh, it's a from, tough game, though, isn't it? Coming from a, a hurling game. background, you're like, lad. Yeah. Imagine getting this. Like, have you ever felt a hurling ball a slitter? It's a hard, it's a hard object. Yeah. Like, imagine getting a slap of that in the tie at eleven o'clock on a Sunday morning in Connemara. <laughs> Oh, it's 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 savage though. But um, it's it's one of them. It's mad. Like your hand-eye coordination has to be on point. Like the skill level. I think a lot of people um, are surprised by the skill level when they see in person yeah. for the first, live for the first. Have you ever been to any match? No, no. no just only. I, I've watched them on Sky. I've watched them on the telly. I've never been, unfortunately. But like, I, I do really want to go. I mean, I, I've sort of adopted Galway as my team because that's sort of the area of Ireland that I've, that I've visited most if you like so decided that they're my team obviously they won it the other year which is fantastic and yeah I've developed I mean you know for, for Liverpool my heroes are John Barnes Stephen Gerrard Ian Rush Kenny Bradish and, and in, in Hurling it's Joe Cannon Big Joe yeah the, the saying in, around hurling circles is there's no show like a Joe show oh, what a player though he's class yeah he um Oh, he, he's absolutely amazing. Um, but I must uh, like there's a the, the best goalkeeper at the moment in hurling is a guy called Owen Murphy from Kilkenny, and uh, I must show you a video when we stop recording of this. So like his best saves this year, they're absolutely fucking outrageous. Like balls flying in the top corner, he's diving, flicking it around the post, like uh, absolutely fantastic. 
but yeah, we like all Ireland hurling final tickets are harder to, to get than tickets to Kiev. So like we'll try and box. We'll try and box you off for the semi final or something next year and go for a point. Yeah, I'm, I'm bang up for that. I mean, I seen a, I think Fowler and McManaman went the other year. Yeah. So I mean, I, I I obviously haven't got the sway of those boys, but yeah, if anyone's listening, they can sort it out there. I take up with the fact I'd absolutely love to go. It looks amazing. I'd love to see a I'd love to see a game live, but you know, to go to that final as well, what an experience. The, and, and, and I think the mad thing about hurling is you, if you watch a final like um, obviously you have uh, some of our listeners mightn't have because we are mad enough we have like listeners all over the world it's mad like and the, at, at the matches everyone's integrated so like there's not like a home section and away section or anything it's just everyone is just into get lobbed in together and it's just fucking and it's not like it's not, there's nobody kicking off or anything like yeah, it's yeah. fucking good fun but um, listen Garrett man like really appreciate it. you've been so generous with your time with us uh, today uh, thanks so much for taking the time out to oh, fucking talk to all? us I really enjoyed it it's just a, it's just a pint and a chat <laughs> yeah absolutely we'd be um that's, like, that's the whole premise of the podcast <laughs> and uh, sure look uh, look forward to seeing you again next time we're in Liverpool thanks a million cheers boys it's launching Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.